Missionary Enterprises, Missionary Aid International, Spiritual Giants, uh, Facebook group. Um, so today we're going to be looking at, um, I was going to do on uh, James Strong's. I was going to start with James Strong's because uh, the Greek and the Hebrew and all that. But I decided to start with George Mueller. And the reason for that is because he's had more of an influence over my life, my calling, all these different things like that more than anybody else. Out of all the people I had mentioned on the first video, Mueller is the one that impacted me the most out of all of them, which is why I will begin with his life. So this is actually our second video, but really it's our first video when it comes to actual uh, teachings on the different characters or the different personalities that I had listed in the introductory video. So this is basically called George Mueller of Bristol, England, born in Germany though. Alright, so I wrote here, good things came out of England as well as Germany back in those days. Therefore, we should have the very same today and even more so. Why? Because we got more churches today. We got more. We got media. We got all these different things today. The church has a lot more going for itself today to get its work done than it did uh, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 300 years ago. Uh, just imagine if Luther had uh, <laughs> had the media at his disposal as we have it today. Wow, he went and went nuts in a good way, even though uh, he wasn't exactly right in everything he did. So God should be free. I wrote here, God should be free enough to raise up men and women to do great exploits in whatever nations. They're to be found as he was able to do so with Mueller and others, of course. Since it does not depend upon God, this is very key here, it does not depend upon God, but upon us making ourselves available according to the God's will and methods of preparation. And there's lots there to teach. Uh, the equipping of the saints. All these different verses where it says, you do this and God will do that. I mean, you know, we're all, you know, um, few are chosen. Why? All are called. Many are called, but all are called. All are called. Everybody in the body of Christ is called. But few are chosen. Why? Because they've not done what it takes to be chosen uh, to do what he wants to do with them. And that's a big part of my calling is to bring that to the forefront in the body of Christ. So I said here, we will look at different aspects of his life, the life of George Mueller, and then compare them with the Word of God, as well as how they apply to us as believers throughout the centuries today, but even today. There's a lot of things that George had working in his life that we should have working in our lives. Uh, we're not all called to start orphanages. There's a lot of, I'll tell you, just that thought right there. Uh, we're going to look at that down the road, how God was able to actually work in the life of Mueller. Now, it wasn't what George Mueller did. It's what God was able to do through his faith. And when it comes to orphanages, I'm not into orphanages. It's not my calling. Uh, but I sure have a lot of contacts that it's their whole thing. And if they would get a hold of this message, they'd have some of the best orphanages in the whole world. They'd have the best orphanages in the world. All right. So I wrote here, key information and insight regarding some of the things that I've discovered over the years about George. And I made notes of it. Uh, David helped me put that stuff together a couple years ago. So I said, it says here, when they, who's they, the people at that time, when they asked George, the secret of his service. What's your secret, uh, George? What's, are you part of the secret service? No. What, what's the secret of your service? Mueller replied, 
There was a day when I died. When I died. Do you think they wanted to hear that? I don't think so. <laughs> but they needed to hear that. And we need to hear that today. Because it's in the Word. So, there was a day when I died, utterly died. Died to George Mueller. And everything I wanted to do, basically, that's what he meant. And died to the world and everything of this world that the world has to offer me. That's what he was saying. I died to all of that stuff. You know, and that's exactly what it is. It's stuff, you know. It'll stuff you up. It'll it'll, it'll clog your life. It'll, I tell you, man, it's called, uh, you know, it's, uh, what do you call that? Uh, preoccupations, distractions. Wow, the distractions of the age. Mark 4, the parable of the sower choked the word. Yeah. And since then, I've studied or made effort only to show myself approved unto God and not unto man. And I'll tell you, the stuff this guy went through uh, to get free from man and to, to do what God had called him to do, mm -mm. Uh, I, I tell you, that resonates with me because I went through a lot of that stuff too, I'll tell you. My testimony. Breakdown of what we just read here. I just did a little breakdown. So we're going to start with the first part where it says, there was a day when I died, utterly died, died to George Mueller and everything I wanted to do. That's the old man. Died to the world and everything of this world. So let's see here. Let's see how much of the life of George Mueller had lined up with the Word of God and how much of the Word had influenced his life or had an influence over his life and it should be for all of us because the word of god has been given to us all of us uh, the moment you're born again and the word has actually been give, given to the world so they can get saved so i wrote here because we can learn so much from this man from bristol named george Mueller, especially when it comes to provision oh boy oh boy the word of faith camp Certainly, and they talk about George once in a while. I mean, once in a blue moon. Well, they should be talking about it every day. And the reason they probably don't talk about him that much is because of the way that the way he went at getting his provision. It it was the opposite of what they do. Uh, all right, and that, these are things that we're going to look at down the road. Uh, so many today think all of this dying stuff, dying to self stuff, is obsolete. Right. Yeah, well, I wish it was, but I'm glad it's not because it's this reality of it. Yet, it's at the very forefront of the gospel, of the gospel, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the good news. Part of the good news is that you can actually die to self, all right, uh, crucifying the old man, mortifying the deeds of the flesh, all these different things like that. Dying to self is actually good news because self, there's no room for self in the kingdom of God. There's just no room for that. There's no room. There's only room for the new man. All right? The kingdom of God is all about the new man. It's not about the old man. It's about the new man. All right? And a lot of Christians don't even know the difference between the old and the new man. You know, you may talk to them about it, and they may go, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then you get them to repeat, and they go, you know, well, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, they should know because it's in the Word. All right? So let's start here with Jesus and what Jesus had to say about all this stuff in Luke 9.23, which is, he said this pre-cross, okay? He didn't say this post-cross, but there are verses, a lot of verses in post-cross that line up with the pre-cross. So, and he said to all, not just some, all that were there, anyhow, he said to all, if, conditional, if, conditional, any person whosoever wills to come after me, yeah, ah, there's conditions, let him deny himself, 
disown himself, reget, lose sight of himself and his own interests. Really? Wow. Refuse and give up himself and take up his cross daily. Follow me, cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example. Really? In living and if need be, if, if need be, in dying also. There is a place for that. There is a place for martyrdom. But it's got to be according to the will of God. And a lot of stuff happens today in the church, and it has happened over the centuries, that it was never God's will for people to die, Christians to die. They just did their own thing. They went. To, they thought they did the right thing. They went into places. They put themselves in harm's way, and they got killed. They got butchered. Some of them got butchered. You know, the whole time the Holy Spirit going, no, 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 don't go there, don't go there. Right? I mean, that's what happened with Paul, right? Paul went to, you know, they, he found out, and uh, they... they they let him out of the city and different things like that because it wasn't his time yet, you know. So I said here, yes, uh, the Jesus of the Holy Bible actually said this. He really did. And he actually meant what he said and actually said what he meant. And this is for today as well as not just for his time, meaning for his, for his disciples. No, no, no. It's for us today, all right? That's how relevant the Word of God is. It's very relevant. It hasn't changed and it will never change. If it changes, you got the wrong Bible, you got the wrong scholars, you got the wrong translators. Now let's see what the Apostle Paul has to say about all of this dying stuff. And some people don't believe that Paul was a legitimate apostle or he had another gospel or whatever. Uh, the devil will just come up with all kinds of funny doctrines to just get you off track. And uh, but not with this boy, that's for sure. So let's look at Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. I've taught so much on this and I will continually teach on it so that I can walk in it for myself fully and help those who want to walk in it. That you put off concerning your former conduct, your former conduct, the old man, put off the old man. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, obliterate him, crucify, mortify him, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So God recreated the human spirit. That's the new man in me once I'm born again. The part of me that God born again was my spirit. And then all of that has to be transferred over into my soul. And that's what Paul is talking about here. That's why we've got verse 23, being renewed in the spirit of your mind. Lowercase s for spirit. It's the disposition of your mind, your thinking, your believing, all these different, your intellect, right? Psyche. Uh, so Paul wrote this to believers, believe it or not, no pun intended, but Paul wrote this to believers and not to the atheists, not to the pagans, nor to the unbelievers, which are all the same. Uh, he wrote this to believers, yeah, because the believers have an old man uh, to crucify. And that's why we have, or what we don't have today, is because the church is full of the old man. Most local churches are being governed by the old man and not the new man, because the Holy Spirit works with the new man. So, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, 19 to 20. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And I wrote here, and really the part of us that is his temple is not the body itself, but the recreated spirit, I should have had small s there, uh, the new nature which is where he indwells. So he recreated our spirit, which was dead to God, and he recreated it so that he can come and dwell within it, 
which happens to be in my human body, who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. For, verse 20, for you were bought with a price, at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. That's right. And uh, so I wrote here, once you are born again, born of corruptible, incorruptible seed, born of God, born of the spirit, born from above, your physical body belongs to God since it's been bought with a price, uh, with the price, the, which is the blood of Jesus, everything that took place at the cross, even before the cross, after the cross, meaning you no longer have the right to do whatever you want to do with your physical body. Uh, even good things, because it's all about God ideas and not good ideas. And that's where we're going to get into the judgments and all these different things of that, what we've done with our lives, what we've done with our body, and uh, even good things. If it's not initiated by God, uh, it's going to get burned up. Second Corinthians 5.15 And he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. All right, so there is another Jesus out there, I wrote here, out there in the church that says you can still live for yourself all you want, however you want, and still get into heaven. And But this is not from the Jesus of the Holy Bible. Jesus died for you so that you can live for him by dying to self so that he can live his life in you as well as through you. Now, I'm not saying, now I kind of alluded to that, that, you know, Doing your own thing once you're born again, uh, it doesn't mean you're going to go to hell. And some people say, well, great. Uh, so, you know, as long as I make it into heaven, then that's fine. But it's not fine because uh, it, this, is, this undermines, this kind of thinking undermines everything that God has in mind uh, for you and for his kingdom and all these different things like that. So, so now let's see what Jesus himself had to say about all of this dying to self, not only for others, but even for himself. Because Jesus, Jesus doesn't, he doesn't have double standards. Going back to the golden rule. Jesus does not expect you to do something that he hasn't done already himself. All right, he's not a hypocrite, all right? He's the opposite of a hypocrite. He's the opposite. And uh, so whatever he tells us to do, he did it first because he's the firstborn. He's the first to be born to do a lot of things that he expects us to do. And that includes fasting too because he did a 40-day fast. He didn't have to fast. He didn't have the old man to put off. He did fasting for different reasons, but still, uh, he, he did that as an example too, right? So, let's, let's see what Jesus has to say about all this, even to, for himself. John 5, 19 to 20, and then verse 30. 19, I confess this every day. Uh, then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son, I can do nothing of myself, but what I see the Father do. And whatever he does, whatever the Father does, the Son, I also do in like manner. Meaning, exactly exactamundo. That's what he's saying. 20, for the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. That's powerful. That's huge. I want to, I'm, I'm going to walk in that one day. I'm going to walk in. I want to see those things because that's where all the fruit is, you know. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel, that you may go, wow. That's what marvel means. People are going to go, wow, look at that. 
wow, did I, did I really see what I just saw? Like, and that, that really happened? Did I really see that leg grow out? Did I really see that ear grow out? Did I really see that that tumor fall to the, yeah, well, it's on the ground, you know, and it was on his neck or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. He's into that. There's a reason for that. There's a reason why he wants to do all these things. You know, first of all, he wants to set that person free, but he wants to get your attention. This is how God makes himself visible. And so Jesus was set. Uh, no, let's keep going here. I can do, I can of myself do nothing as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. And Jesus said all this in his humanity. And uh, we're in union with him in his humanity. So it applies to us too. The Lord told me years ago, I want you to live in and out of these verses. That's right. And then I said here, Jesus was set on, determined to do the will of his Father. That's where I made a little mistake here. Of his Father alone. Alone, which we will be looking at in part two of this whole series on the life of George Mueller. I think it's going to be maybe at least three parts. Uh, I like to keep it short, but we'll see. Anyhow, regarding what uh, he was determined to do the will of his father alone, which we will be looking at in part two, and so was George Mueller, and so should we be as well. You know, many things that George walked in, we should be walking in as well, because it lines up with the word, and those verses apply to each believer. Yeah. So, number two here is the second part of what we had read about George Mueller, th some of the things he had said. Uh, and since then, I have studied only to show myself approved unto God. So, what does the word have to say about uh, approved unto God? 2 Timothy, is it 2 Timothy? Yes, yeah. 2 Timothy 2.15 it says, study and be eager and do your utmost. Make every, for every effort to present yourself to God approved and not to man. Now, he goes on about rightly dividing and all that. And that's not what George was talking about, even though he, pretty, he, had, a good, he had pretty good sound theology. You know, and we're not really going to look into that, I think. Um, well, we are as we're looking at these things. Um, but anyhow... Uh, to present yourself unto God approved, meaning God approves of what you're doing, what you want to do, all these different things like that. So I wrote here, living a life that is approved of God, meaning God approves of what you are doing or want to do with your life. Uh, for many, that great day will show otherwise, meaning God never approved of the things you were doing with your life. And uh, talking about rewards, loss of rewards, um, works being burned up. So there's works. We're going to be judged by our works, right? You get to know a person by his works. Uh, how else will you know a person, you know, by what they do? So a lot of things we're going to do, uh, they're just not going to mean nothing to God. And he's going to say, well, I had all these other things for you to do and you weren't listening to me or whatever. So I can't reward you for things that you did outside of my will, even though they're good things. So, I'm not trying to be dogmatic about it. I mean, there could be some exceptions to the rules, but overall, I know what the Word says, and I'm not going to deviate And what He's shown me. Acts 2.22, You men of Israel, listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man, approved, accredited, and appointed out, and shown forth, and commended, and attested to you 
by God, by God. That's what we want. We want God to promote us. We want God to come show forth, you know, and do things through our life by the mighty works of the power of performing wonders, signs, which God worked through him right in your midst, as you yourselves know. You know, you can't help but they're all saying, you know, there's no man can do this, what this man is doing. There's no way that this man is doing this. And God, Jesus always gave credit to whom it was due. He gave credit to God, his Father, but also the Spirit, because he said, I, you know, I do these things by the Spirit, right? So Jesus lived to please his Father, lived a life to please his Father alone, and to live a life that was approved of by God, and it was the very same thing with George Mueller. And that's why we know George for what he did. And we're going to get into that a little bit uh, in the, not the next video or whatever. We'll see. And so should it be with the rest of us who know Jesus as Savior and Lord. Because what belongs to the firstborn belongs to the secondborn. And what belongs to the secondborn belongs to the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixthborn. Because we're all born in the same family. We're all born in the same family, different functions, different members, different giftings, but we're still part of the same family, same head, same body. John 4, 34, Jesus said to them, my food, my nourishment. Yeah. And he wasn't talking about bacon and eggs. He wasn't talking about waffles. He wasn't talking about McDonald's. He wasn't talking about a nine course meal or some buffet at the Mandarin. No, 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 no. He wasn't talking about that. Um, was to do the will, the pleasure of him, the Father who sent me, and to accomplish and completely finish his work. And that's what he said in John 5.30. He's just reiterating in a different way what he said in verse 30 um, regarding um, doing, being preoccupied with what the one sending him was sending him for. Uh, as an ambassador, um, I go somewhere, uh, I'm going because he's sending me. And when I go there, I'm going to do what he told me to do, what to teach, and different things like that. Not to do my own thing. And I proved that my first trip to Africa. I went out there, and I didn't do things perfectly, of course, and I didn't do everything that he would want to do, but I didn't go there to play around. I didn't go out visiting, different things like that. I went there. I was focused, and even on my quote-unquote time off, I was studying writing, praying, all right? Uh, and this is exactly what we will be looking at, part two, regarding the life of George Mueller, regarding knowing and doing the will of God. Because if you're gonna do the will of God, you need to know the will of God. You gotta know it. And uh, there's lots in the word of God uh, regarding his will for your life, lots. And then uh, when I discovered, when I began to discover uh, the will of God for my life, uh, I began to, I had to make adjustments and some pretty, uh, some pretty serious adjustments. Not, not, not that I was doing anything uh, evil or anything sinful or anything like after I got saved, but I was still into the sports and I was playing a little bit of music and I still had my equipment and uh, different things like that. And, uh, but uh, God just began to deal with me about certain things and uh, he wanted me to pray more, he wanted me to study, uh, read, write, different things like that. So I had to let a lot of things go and the grace was there and I'm grateful uh, that I went with it at that time. The minute I saw something, I just started working at it right away. 
I usually get on it right away. It's easier that way because if you keep putting it off, it make, it's, it's harder. It really is. And um, so I wrote here, uh, until you start dying to self, which is basically called progressive sanctification, you will never be able to live a life approved of by God in order to do his will alone because your own will and what you desire to do and where to go and all that will only get in the way or in his way, meaning it'll get in the way of his will. Um, getting rid of the old man is key in getting rid of wanting to do your own will because that's what the old man, the old man has a will and that's it's found in the soul, the sense man. That's why this, the old, that's why the sense man has to be transformed. He's got to be, uh, the mind has to be renewed so that your will no longer exists. And this is how it works, folks. It really does. Uh, and there's no other way around it. And uh, you can cut corners if you want, and uh, God will make use of what he can. But just look at the condition of the world today. Look at the condition of the church, and it's not a pretty sight. If you're honest with yourself, if you know what's going on, and uh, the onus is on us. The onus is on us, starting with me, starting with you. The onus is on us. It's up to us, okay? Stop looking at everybody else, and you start doing what you need to be doing to bring change in your own sphere of activity. So, as I finish all my videos, uh, I encourage you to walk in the fullness of the grace of God. Shalom and amen.